Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. It's good to be with you this weekend, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing, not just across the street, but around the world. And God is active. His name is being glorified. Not just in heaven, but his name is being glorified here upon earth as people are coming to follow Christ. Our co-host today, along with some of the questions I'll ask her, is Ann Reed. Ann has been on our program several times as a guest for many issues and uh, different subjects, but she's here today for a follow-up with something that we talked to her about on a mission trip that she made. And we wanted her to be our co-host today. And thank you for coming in and, and taking Nathan's place today. I don't know about taking Nathan's place, <laughs> but thank you so much for having me, Bert. I'm excited about this program. Yeah, to take Nathan's place, you need to, <laughs> you're a Bible scholar and everything about how he does that. So right. we appreciate Dan, but thank you. And we have a guest today, and I'm going to let Ann introduce her and introduce the ministry that they're involved in. But we are looking at today as a program that's very important. If you know someone that's really involved in missions and has a, I'm just going to go ahead and say an adventurous spirit, call them and say, tune in and listen to this program today. It is for you. So, Ann, again, welcome and introduce our guest today. Thank you, Bird. Well, I am excited to introduce Sandra Tipton. She is the co-founder of the Friendships Ministry that she and her husband, Don, just founded by Faith decades ago. And so we'll be talking uh, with Sandra about just the amazing work that they are a part of and just watching God do some amazing things in the Middle East. Sandra, it is good to have you today, and we appreciate what you're doing. And Uh, Again, Friendship's ministry is very wide, but we're concentrating on one particular area today, and I've I've practiced and practiced on how to say it, can't be shy. And uh, we very good, Bert. That's perfect. Okay, (laughs) listen. When you're from Northeast Mississippi, born and bred and lived here, you have to work doubly hard sometimes (laughs) to to get these words right. But we are appreciative of you taking your time to be with us. And I know Anne has made the trip there, but tell us about Camp Eshai, where it is, what it is, and what's going on. Uh, well, Camp Eshai is on the border of Israel and Syria in the Golan Heights, and it's a camp that's uh, there that we founded there. Um, we work in association with the Israeli government to provide services to people that are war victims in Syria. I'm, sh- I'm sure the listeners know there's been this huge civil war going on there for eight years now. Uh, so many of the children that we meet there have never known anything but a terrible war. But what's really interesting right now, Bert and Ann, is that um, about two weeks ago, uh, the uh, Assad government, the, the the people that are in charge of the Syrian government, started moving into this area that, that we're in, where our patients come from. We have a me- medical services 
and we distribute food and clothing, and there's a big play area for the children at the camp. So they started getting closer and closer because um, their their opposition is in that area. So it's an area that they are trying to take back. And how that's manifesting is that the people that we service are getting bombed terribly by Russian, Iranian, Syrian forces, and troops are moving in. So they're all fleeing for their lives and coming and camping right alongside the Israeli and the Jordanian border. So now our camp is in this incredibly strategic position to service people, to provide services, to pray with them, to love on them. And uh, we're seeing hundreds of people. With with that in mind, God, you were already ministering, but the numbers are escalating. Is that what is happening right now? Yes. For, for uh, oh, about nine months, we've been open there. Every day we, we get a couple of loads of people coming in, and we provide medical services. We give them medicine. We have what we call a blessing room where they go in and they shop for clothes and household goods and toys and things that they need, and then we send them home with a big bag of groceries. So through that process, we've seen about 9,000 people. But now we've got tens of thousands of people camped, you know, uh, very close by. So each day our numbers are increasing with people uh, that have medical needs and they're more serious medical needs in some cases, but also that need things. They, they're hungry, and they're frightened, and it's just a privilege that the Lord has put us in this position to be able to help them. What, I, what I'm visualizing is a camp with the facilities to help people, but not the facilities for them to stay there. So they come in and out of the camp. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. We're, uh, we're not uh, in a position to invite them to stay. That would so be more, their, yeah. That would be more like a refugee camp if that were the case. You guys it, are, it is. yeah, okay. Yeah, we're actually located on Israeli property, so it's quite amazing that the Israelis are even allowing this to happen. But they they are, and uh, so we we go by the rules that we're given. The Israeli government, not only mindful of it, not only the space, but also protection, because uh, if that. You know, it seems like, am I assuming that wrongly, or that seems like they would have to do that, or the enemy would uh, follow them in? Yeah, it's very high security there. Anne can tell you that there's a very uh, in-place security system so that uh, everyone's protected. Well, see, in refugee camps, I mean, the ravages of, of what can take place there are amazing, and I've heard so many stories so this is you guys, and so they come on their own, and they camp around the area and come in and out for the needs that they have, whether it be medical, food, or clothing, and 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 you guys are able to meet those needs. And you wrote an article concerning your visit to Camp Ishai, and it was well-received, as I understood. I I, well, I certainly hope so. Sandra might be able to give us a little bit more of a response uh, if it uh, if you've seen any change, Sandra, as a result of, of that article, I would love to hear if we, we've we actually spurred some people on to come and join you. Yeah, yes, that article in particular, but also AFR in 
general mm-hmm. has been the biggest help that we've had to get That's people great. to come and help us. It's, uh, you know, it's a scary assignment to a lot of people, but through AFR, we've reached those warriors that are willing to say, yes, I'm a doctor, <laughs> or I can just, I can cook, or I can work the blessing room and, and come. And that's how, how we've been able mm-hmm. to keep functioning, because, uh, you know, it takes a lot of people to do something like this. And people uh, come at their own expense and travel at their own expense, and then we take care of them while they're there. But the art, many, many, many people have contacted us as a result of seeing that wonderful article. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And if people wanted to read that article, although it's in a past magazine. Mm-hmm. It was our June issue, uh, but you can find that go- by going to afajournal.org, and you can just look at past issues there if you'd like to read that. Sandra, I would uh, like to ask a question. So I was at the camp in February. So if I went, say, this week or next week, what would look different? When I was there, um, they were seeing somewhere between 40 to 80 patients a day. Has that number of patients actually increased on a day-to-day basis? And, and how have things changed as you've, you've seen the, the environment around the camp change? It, it is increasing a little bit each each day, and uh, now we're getting a lot of people. Uh, we're encouraging a lot more people to come in to shop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we say shop. Of course, there's no expense to them, but it, even if they don't need medical treatment, or more children to come in just to get away from the terror of what's out there and have right. some time to play and and have some popcorn and just, you know, feel a little normal for a while. Mm. So that that is, it's basically the same, except uh, there's an increased need and desperation. And, you know, the people weren't really coming in telling us they were hungry and thirsty and they mm. weren't dirty because they'd been outside. Now all those things are happening. Yeah. Have you seen a difference in the um, one of the things that, that you have experienced is the, the Israeli people just coming to the rescue and, and helping the people who are considered in many ways considered their enemies and just citizens helping citizens of their enemy country. Since these changes have taken place in the surrounding area, have you seen a change in, in what's being given as those needs have shifted or do you just kind of have a backlog of supplies that are meeting the need now? Uh, we have a great backlog of supplies, but the whole community is involved now in, in even a greater way. Wow. Um, you know, the Israelis are so sensitive to the needs of the Syrians. I think maybe because of their history, they really know what it's like to be the oppressed, forgotten ones, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they are, their hearts are just so on fire to help that when they heard about our camp, they just it just spontaneously sprung up in the in the community through a wonderful lady that's there leading it to to help. And whenever we need anything, we put out the word, and they do their best to to meet the need. Like right now, we need formula and food, and so we'll put out a need to them, and I'm sure they'll do their best to provide all that we need. Uh, let me just be behind the background. We are recording this on a Tuesday. We're playing it this weekend because the need is now. Sometimes we do things. We'll we'll record a program three months earlier and then play it because missions is always ready. But this one is strategic right now. The timing is real. And so we have people who 
they can't catch the whole 30 minutes of exploring missions. They get the first part or last part. So, Sandra, if someone's heart has already been touched by the Spirit of God to say, this is where you need to be involved, this is something you need to participate in, what would be the procedure for that individual to get a hold of you guys? Uh, well, our our website is the best way to go. It's uh, friendships.org. And we also just got a new app that you can download on your phone, and, and that'll be a really neat tool. We just put it up today, so we're looking forward to being able to send out notifications to people if there's a particular thing to pray about or a particular need we'll be able to send notifications. So on Google Play or on uh, iTunes, you can download the Friendships app. But if you go to our website, you can see what the procedure is for applying. We start out with just, um, if you want to come, we start out with just a, a very simple questionnaire that hits some of the basic points. That if you're a doctor or a nurse, or if you're a non medical person. And I, I really want to emphasize that we need non-medical people just as much as we need medical people, because for every maybe four medical people we have in there, we need about 15 non-medical to support the operation and keep everything else going. And then if you can't come, but you want to help, we can. We don't normally ask for finances, but in this case, because the need is so immediate, we don't have time to collect and ship because that would take a month or two for the goods to get there. So if anybody wants to contribute financially, that would be great. Again, we're this is time sensitive when we're talking about the need is now. And when you're hearing this this weekend, uh, this is what's going on now. Things have changed because of the influx of the people surrounding Camp Eshai. And, and meeting those needs are real. I want to concentrate on one area, and I know I did this with Ann when we interviewed you about your trip, Ann, and that's the children. If nothing else should burden our heart, touch our lives, Sandra, it would be the children, would it not? I mean, you know, these are children through no fault of their own being born in Syria at a time when the war is escalating and, uh, you know, the old saying is they didn't ask for this, but they're stuck with it, aren't they? Yeah, they sure are. And, you know, Bert, m- most everybody who lives in Syria has lost family members. I mean, there's more than half a million people that have been killed in this war, not to mention millions that have had to leave the country to get away from the, the warfare. So many of the children are without fathers, sometimes without mothers. Many times they they have sat in their homes and heard the bombs. I mean, we we hear them from our camp, so it's it's that much more terrifying for them in their location. And they they come in sometimes. The patients open up to us and tell us the horrible things they've seen, and their children have seen all these things too. They can't go outside and play. In fact, one thing that really surprised us was when they started to come in is we have a wonderful playground there with bounce castles and trampolines and rock climbing walls and all kinds of fun swings and slides and things they can go on. But a lot of times they don't know how to use those things. They don't know how to even play with each other because they've been so restricted to just stay home and don't go outside where you might get kidnapped or killed that our guys have to sit down and teach them how to catch a ball sometimes, how to 
play. We had to put mats under the swings because they don't know they have to hold on when they swing and they fall off. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And when you were there, and I remember those children has touched your life more than any. Are they, you even had to help some to learn to play? Yeah, uh, that was one of the things. That was like my major takeaway, Sandra, because nobody kind of prepped me for that. Nobody told me what you just said. And so yeah. I, I, when I walked in, you know, I knew that all this equipment was going to be in there, and I kind of visualized the children. Just I was excited the first day I was there, and the and the and the um, Syrians would be coming in, and I thought the children would would be like our children when they come into that ki- kind of an environment and a fun environment, you know. And so that uh-huh. was one of the first things I noticed that just broke my heart was that I could see that they were so yeah. reserved, and and after a while I figured out. You know, it finally dawned on me. They've never played before. They don't know how to do this. And that's right. um, as Bert and I talked about last time, that that's actually one of the jobs. Somebody who can do that, who can come and, and help these children, take them by the hand and, and teach them how to play. I mean, that's, right. that's a we, pretty we good job. No cones and popcorn. And so just as you're the popcorn guy, yeah. <laughs> a very important <laughs> job there because they love the popcorn. And, it, you know, a merry heart do is good like a medicine. So mm. that is part of our medical outreach is yeah. to, to let these kids smile and, and, and feel just like after a disaster in our country, to have some sense of normalcy, to go in and know that you know, maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe it's not always going to be like it is out there. Mm. You're listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network. Our guest is Sandra Tipton. She is co-founder of Friendship Ministries. And what we're concentrating on today is Camp Eshai, which is on the border of Syria and Israel, with all the Syrian people that are being bombarded because of the escalation in the war that's been going on. And now they're camping on this border uh, because of the protection that hopefully they're receiving. But then when they come come to Camp Eshai, uh, they can get medical help. They can get clothing. There's food available. The Israeli government is protecting that. But the Israeli citizens are helping by giving of the resources that they have received. And then we're looking for people who are willing to go and to be a part of of the Ministry of Friendship Ministries there. And and the question always needs to be answered, and I want Anne to answer this. How safe did you feel when you went there? I never once felt afraid. I just felt very safe. It's uh, the, the Israeli Defense Forces guards the area, and it, it's not a situation where people are just going in and out of the camp on either side, on the Syrian side or the Israeli side. It's just very uh, well guarded, very strategically, and and in ways that that I'm sure you know the Israeli Defense Forces is uh, their um, methodologies are. Uh, their technology, they've got strong technologies, and, and I'm sure that it was being guarded in uh, ways that, that I was not even aware of. So I I felt, I never felt any fear whatsoever being there. And I wanted to kind of address one other thing, because this is just natural for us, you know, going into a situation like that, you totally not knowing what to expect. And I, like I knew when I was going that there were, that I would be sleeping in a tent, 
but it's not like a pup tent, you know, like you sleep, uh, like you're like you're camping out in the woods. Um, military style tents, very nice. And I heard some of the other volunteers I interviewed when I was there, kind of making the same points that they didn't really know what to expect. And semi-private spaces within those military camps, where you have curtains, where you can kind of close up this, the space that you're in with, and real beds, and just amazingly comfortable type situations with hot showers and um, so perhaps uh, a nicer more comfortable type situation than than one would expect you know it's not like um, (laughs) yeah thank you for that (laughs) uh, one of the the nurses called it glamping so I don't know if you can put that together but it's like glamorous camping (laughs) well if you recognize or don't recognize that voice, that's Ann Reed. She's serving as her co-host and guest today, a combo. She spent her time at Camp Eshai, as you can hear and say, and it was an experience that when she came back, and it was uh, one, you've been on several mission trips, but this seemed to touch you a little deeper than most of them. I know the children are there. I know you've been to India and seeing what was there. But the war-torn part of it really touches you, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I actually did quite a bit of research after I got back to, to work on the story and kind of learned a lot about the background about the war and things like that. But one of the things that really, you know, was life-changing for me is is my heart was really softened toward the Muslim people, I think, here in the States because of the the politics and uh, a lot of the, the terrorism things that we've experienced in our country. Many of us kind of operate out of fear when it comes to the Muslim people. And so through that experience, the Lord has just really softened my heart and given me a much stronger desire to minister and not necessarily just to minister, not in this like lofty position, like, you know, like I need to minister to them, but just to get to know when I see Muslims here in our little town in the grocery store or whatever, there's something that's changed in me and I want to get to know those people and and have a relationship with them. And, and, And really that wasn't there before at all. Sandra? Uh, we know the physical needs, but they come in with spiritual needs as well. Mm-hmm. Are are you able, is anyone able to share their needs, or is it just physical and waiting for an opportunity that the Holy Spirit might give them a vision of Christ? How, how does that work? Uh, well, we are, but that's not an area that we discuss publicly. But we can pray, can't we? We can pray that they would see the love of God. I've heard this and see what you ladies would think about that. I'd rather see a sermon as hear one any day. Mm. So when they come to Camp Eshai, they're seeing the love of God being demonstrated in their lives. And that speaks very loudly. And I do another program called Exploring the Word Monday through Friday. And what we say is God gives light, and after he gives light, if you respond to that light, he gives more light. And part of the light that is being given here at Camp Eshai is the love of God. And they'll know why they're there. They'll know that they're there because of the love of God, and it will penetrate their hearts. And I'm just sharing with you, the Holy Spirit can take that ministry, and he can bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, my husband says we don't speak Arabic. There's very few of them that speak English, and there's very few of us that speak Arabic. So we have to speak the language of love, 
And that's what we're concentrating on there. Well, it is a very important message. As a matter of fact, the two main attributes of God is his holiness and his love. That's the two things he says, God, I am holy. And he says, I am love. God is love. And, and when you combine those attributes, you get the balance that is needed, that God is a loving God who, who is righteous in his judgment, righteous in all of his ways. I want to read a scripture here, and uh, the reason I see this is friendship has been called out you know, to make a difference there at Camp Eshai, and God is calling out individuals to go to Camp Eshai and help with that difference. And I'm reminded of the book of Acts, chapter 13, it says they were ministering to the Lord and gives their names. And, and one of them was Saul, who would come the Apostle Paul, and one was Barnabas. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. I just feel like there's somebody listening, somebody. I, I want to make that plural so it'd be somebodies, some people listening today that they're feeling that call. The Holy Spirit has touched their life, and they say, I, I can go love on children. Uh, I'm a nurse. I can go and, and do, do that. I'm a person who cares. I can share. Mm-hmm. And God gives you the opportunity to say, I want to go to Camp Eshai and make a difference. And, and Ann has said it well. It's not like it's unsafe. The Israeli Defense Department is doing a great job of protecting it. The facilities that friendships have has made there for those that come and stay are comfortable. And so the opportunity for you to go is real. And again, Sandra, give give the website again. We still feel like there's people out there that God is touching the way he touched Barnabas and Saul to the work that they've called them. How can they get a hold of friendships and concerning Camp Eshai? The website is friendships with an S dot O-R-G. Or uh, we, you can call, too. Is, may I give the phone number? You go right ahead. Yes, please. Okay. Our, uh, our base is in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and the number here is 337-433-5022. Five zero. Let me repeat that. And if uh, some of you, you're looking for a pen, you're looking for a pencil, and I'm talking long enough for you to find the pen and find out that it doesn't write, and you have to throw <laughs> it down and get you another one. I don't know why we don't throw away pens that don't write. We keep them around. But that number again is 337-433-5022, or you can go online at friendshipsplural.org, O-R-G, friendships.org. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, Sandra. Thank you for being with us here on Exploring Missions. Thank you. Our pleasure. And thank you for co-hosting. It was First a time pleasure. as a co-host, right? <laughs> I got a promotion today. Yeah, we appreciate that and appreciate all that you've done and how that God is making a difference and God can make a difference in your life. He can equip you, sounds like at Camp Eshai, to love children. What an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ. So go to friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. May you have a great day as we serve the Lord in His majesty. 